0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for his glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Building capacity. I want to take a few more moments to remind you that ability and capacity do cross paths Uh, At times. and I want to just look at two sides of ability real quickly as we proceed in this message. There is ability as in potential, which speaks to gifts and talents that individuals have been endowed with by the almighty God in order to carry out our assignments on earth. So there is ability in that order, gifts and talents. In fact, when you look at the scripture, you see where people like Moses was born with that gift of leadership. Of course, leadership is in every human being, but Moses had that extraordinary gift in that area. Samson was born with the gift of strength. So those are abilities, gifts, talents, that are innate. You were endowed with them by your creator. There is also ability in terms of skill sets acquired. We have to keep developing those skill sets so that we can be better at carrying out the functions that God assigned us. So it is the constant developing of these skill sets that speaks to building capacity. So you might have a a gift to to speak, to be a speaker, to preach or motivation or speech or whatever, but then it is important to develop the skill set of relationships with people, building relationships with people, and also that skill set of really structuring your presentation. As you develop those skill sets, you are building your capacity to be able to produce better. So it is crucial that we remember that building capacity is not an overnight scheme. And we distinguish between ability and capacity because we want to make sure that you understand the difference one but see the the, the importance of building your capacity in order to effectively deliver on your ability, your gifts and potential. There are three key components of uh, capacity building, three key components to uh, capacity building. and. Uh, The first one is personnel. Personnel is very important in capacity building. Whatever it is is going to be done on earth, whatever assignments are going to be carried out on earth, it requires personnel. And we will speak to personnel in a more fulsome way in another session. Next is systems. Systems, very important. Today's session is about systems. So we'll come back to that. And then number three is laws and principles. Right? Laws and principles. So we have personnel system system, laws, and principles. These are what we call key components in building capacity. Now, the component of a thing speaks to, one, the potential of the thing, what the thing is able to do, what makes up the thing determine what the thing is able to do, All right? The component, components of something speaks to, one, the potential of the thing, and it also speaks to the quality of the thing. So what we build our capacity with, the components that we pack into it will determine The quality of our capacity. So I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've heard people say, I don't care what people think about me until they hear what people think about them. So if you build your capacity right, when you really hear what they think, it still won't bother you the components of a thing will determine the quality of the thing. Recently I bought a, a, a drill bit to use in my drill. And in one day the guys told me that this it broke, it's not good. And we were examining the the, the bit, only to realize that that particular bit is made from what you call white metal, which is very soft. I have other bits that I'm using for over two years that are still standing, but those bits are made of steel. The original steel, so the quality is different. Why? Because the components in the bits, in the two different bits, are different. So the component of the thing will determine the quality of the thing. And this is why we have to be very intentional how we go about building capacity. Because uh, you can build capacity in different areas of your life, with different stuff. But you want something that will last, that will stand up in the midst of temptations, tests, and trials. Something that will serve your interest. So if you're serious about capacity building, you have to be aligned to the, the kind of system that are rooted in foundation that can increase your capacity. Some systems just cannot take you any further in life. And sometimes we are aligned with systems that just can't take us any further and people refuse to face that reality. Those systems may have served you in the past and may have taken you where you are today, but they just can't take you any further. And it is important, very important for us to realize that we have to examine the systems that function in our lives so that we can be very specific and intentional about the results that we get, whether you realize it or not, every one of us, every human being is operating by some system. Whether you intentionally put it, put it in place or it was just adopted from your environment, all of us are operating by some system. So it is better that you determine the system rather than the system determine that it wants you. A system is a networking of principles, resources, and or procedures. Right, a system is a networking of principles, resources, and or procedures. That means all of them work to, together to form a system. It's a it's a network. So, for example, for you to have power, electricity in your house, so that you can use your computer and have light and uh, use your refrigerator and all that. For you to have electricity in your house, it requires wires, turbines, generators. It requires procedures, principles and all that. All of those put together form a system. It's the electrical system which then enables you to get power. It didn't just come into your house because a post is outside. It's a system that generates that result. It is a system that is going to produce the capacity building that we want. It's very, very important. There are different systems that exist. But the original system, the mother of all systems, the system of systems that man was designed to function by, is the kingdom system. The system that stands above all system is the kingdom system. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9, God said my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In other words, but my system stands above all. Take over in John Jesus said you did not choose me because the truth is you can't make me better. You can't add value to my life. But I chose you because I can add value to your life. I can make you better. I chose you and ordained you because I have a system that is able to improve you and make you into what I intended. life by practicing different systems. But the only system that can improve your capacity in order to to make you or to enable you to become your best is the kingdom system. Different systems are designed to produce different results. And the system that you engage will determine the results that you get. Again, the kingdom system was designed for man. In explaining the kingdom system, I will explain the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. This is an interesting study because I know sometimes we use them interchangeably and to see them as just one thing. Of course, they work together and are pretty much inseparable, but there is a distinction, and I need to go there to explain the kingdom system so that you understand that. God is after you with a system from before you were born, from the, before the foundations of the world. This is not new to God. God is the one that designs systems because he already knew before the foundations of the world that he was going to design a product called man. And that man needed assisted to become his best, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is an actual place. It is not a myth. It is not a figment of the imagination. The kingdom of heaven is an actual place and for the record, hell is also an actual place. So it's not a case where when someone died, they just disappear in the unknown. No, there is an actual place called heaven. And there is an actual place called hell. So the kingdom of heaven is the actual place. And Revelations chapter 4, verse 1 to 8 gives us a description. It's one of the places in the Bible that gives us a description of the actual place heaven. And let's read that portion of Scripture. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. After this I looked, John was in, on the Isle of Patmos on the Lord's day Lord gave him revelation and he was speaking. He said, After this, I look and behold, a door was open in heaven. In where? Heaven. Door. Door. Heaven. It's an actual place, right? And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up here. Come up here. And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So he's describing now things that are in heaven. Or like the experience as it relates to heaven. And immediately I saw in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven. Speaking about an actual place. A throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. John didn't get off on some wild shapes in his mind God spoke to him and gave him this experience of the actual place heaven and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald and round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings, lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Wow, just shake up something inside. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts, full of eyes, before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face a like, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. What time I read it, I kind of think about that beast. Beast with wings. They were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. See, when you when sing that, you join your beast and the mountains singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. What I'm saying to you, what I'm pointing, pointing out, is that this is an actual hack. It's, it's an actual place, heaven, where these things take place. And when those beasts, give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, which liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and But thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure They are. And were created. That is heaven. It is an actual place. Alright. So when we talk about heaven. We are not talking about. Any myth. Or anything like that. So the kingdom of heaven. Is an actual place. Now. The government, the system that governs the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God. Right? The government or the system that governs the place called the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God. And I'll explain that a little bit further. All right? Just hold on. Don't get confused. Just hold on because we'll get it before we go. Paul writing to the church in Rome. Hear what he said. He said, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. In other words, it's not that kind of system, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is that kind of system. Paul was saying, the kingdom system, the kingdom of God, which is the government or the system of God, It's not eating and drinking. It's not in what you eat or what you drink and all of that. So don't allow people to continue to judge you that way. That's not the system. The kingdom of God. The system of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me say to you that both the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are eternal. They have always existed and will always exist. When God created the earth, his intention was that the earth be influenced by heaven. That means that the same government, the same system that governs heaven, He intended to govern earth. That earth be influenced by heaven. And we will read a scripture to prove that. Say Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and 10. The disciples went to Jesus one day and said, teach us to pray. I am assuming that they would have seen Jesus in prayer many times and seen Uh, And also, uh, they would have seen the impact of Jesus' prayer. And uh, they probably wanted to make sure that they could pray that way. I who could blame them? I mean, if you have someone like Jesus in your midst, he's praying all night and doing all of that, you want to make sure you learn how to pray before he departs. So Jesus agreed. Not all the requests that the disciples had, Jesus agreed to, but he agreed to this one, to teach them, to pray. And here is the prayer, here is the teaching. He said, after this manner, therefore pray, or you should pray, our Father who art in where? So actual place again. Actual place. So he said, Oh Father, when you pray, say our Father, your Father, my Father, all Father, who art in heaven. So if God is an actual being, then he must have been in an actual place. So, Oh Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is thy name. And look at this now. He said, He's telling them this is how they should pray. Thy kingdom come. So you're saying to God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you see that God always intended that earth be impacted by heaven. Jesus told the disciples that they should pray that way. They should ask, God, let Your will, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your will or your ways be done on earth as it is done in heaven. But let's let's say a few things on that. First of all, thy kingdom come. That statement is not suggesting that the kingdom of heaven, the actual place, would be duplicated and it would come to earth. No, it's talking about the system. And it says, thy will be done on earth. Now, God's will speaks to his ways. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. And he, he said, you should pray that that happen. In earth, on earth, as it is in heaven. When Adam sinned in the book of Genesis, what Adam really lost was the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of heaven, because Adam wasn't in heaven, he he was on earth. But the kingdom of God, the system, the government that governed Adam's life. That was what Adam lost when he sinned in the book of Genesis. He lost the government of God. He lost the system of God. No longer was his life being governed by the system, by the government of God. And it is out of that. Where another government, another system started to govern man. That Genesis 6 came into play. Where evil was so great and stinking in the nostrils of God. That it repented the Lord that he had made man. Because man was being totally dominated by another system. I want to read Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. And seven, the kingdom of God is the government or the system of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what God intended to be on earth. Isaiah prophesied about the then coming Messiah. And he said these words, unto us a child is born. Unto us the son is given. And the government, the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government there is not speaking to the governments of the world. I can admit to you this morning that I was one of them that used to think that, and I even preached it when I was just getting, Getting into preaching, I repent, but this government that the scripture is speaking to is not the government of the world. And we're going to prove it in, in, in the verses here. The government, talking about the kingdom of God or the kingdom system, the kingdom government, shall be upon his shoulder. Shoulder here speak to responsibility. So Jesus had the responsibility of reintroducing the kingdom government or the kingdom system because remember Adam lost it in the book of Genesis. So here now was the responsibility of Jesus to reintroduce that system, that government, the Romans, the Greeks and the Assyrians, all of them have wonderful governments in their eyes. But this is not speaking about their government or our government today. Our government, we have the communism, capitalism, whatever the form of government is. It's not speaking to that. This is speaking to the kingdom government. So the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace of the increase of whose government? His government. It's talking about His government of the increase of his government, not of government. So Jesus came to reintroduce the government, this system called the kingdom of God. Of the increase of his government and peace. Look at this next part. There shall be no end. I'm sure that the last government in the United States thought there would be no end government. We had governments in Jamaica that have gone for 18 unbroken years. I thought maybe they would always be in power all over the world. When I was a youngster going to primary school, high school, communism was in its strides. You had places like the USSR. Remember those places, Union of Soviet Socialist Republic, something like that. Uh, and you had men like Mikhail Gorbachev was a president, that, and you never think that that kind of government would fall. It seemed to be forever. But the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. So he said, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. His government is the only government that have a kind of standing, no end. So we're establishing the point here that there is such a thing as the government or the system of God called the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom of God is the system or the government. The kingdom of heaven is the actual place. Of course, the kingdom of heaven don't operate without the kingdom of God. Because that's the system that operates it. And God is saying, the same system that works in heaven, that you can call out to heaven and get help. It's the same system that I want first. be influenced by. It's the same system that I want you to live by. And so we have that responsibility to engage the kingdom system in our lives and ensure that we get the results that God intended. Now, I find it very interesting that the term, the kingdom of heaven, is found some 32 times in the Bible, and all of those 32 times is found in the book of Matthew. Only Matthew, concentrated in Matthew. But the, the term, the kingdom of God, is found 70 times, more than twice. And that term, the kingdom of God, is found right across the New Testament, not just in Matthew. My interpretation of that is that God wants us to focus on the kingdom of God. While you are on earth, you must focus on the kingdom of God. And it's spread across the scripture because, hey, it's intended for all people. God, sometimes we take time to focus on the kingdom of heaven and don't focus on the kingdom of God, the system. But it is the kingdom of God that will lead you to the kingdom of heaven, that will lead you to God. So we're talking about capacity building, And the components of capacity building. And one of the main components of capacity building is systems. And uh, the system that believers, the people of God, kingdom citizens, are supposed to adopt and practice over and over and over for our entire life on earth because we can't exhaust the. The system that we have to to practice and get working in our lives is the kingdom of God. You know, we talk about God intended that earth be influenced by heaven. Out in the northeastern Caribbean, somewhere in that region, are some islands called the Virgin Islands. You have the British Virgin Islands, and you have the U.S. Virgin Islands. One of the British Virgin Islands up there is called uh, Tortola. If you go to Tortola, if you happen to visit Tortola, you are under British system. You are on British territory, but you're not in Britain. Yes, you will need British visa and all that to visit there. Uh, but you are not in Britain. The point I'm making here is that you can be on earth and still experience the system of the kingdom of heaven because earth was intended to be a territory of heaven, but it wasn't intended to be the There's a difference between heaven and earth, but that does not mean that you are not under the territory or you're not a territory of heaven, that doesn't mean you're not under the system of the kingdom of heaven. God wants us to understand that it doesn't matter where on earth you are, you can be influenced, you can be impacted by the kingdom system because his intention was always that earth be influenced by heaven. In Exodus, God told Moses one time, he said, take off your shoes, off your feet, for the place that you are standing in is holy ground. It wasn't holy ground because Moses was there. It was holy ground because the, the, the presence and the system, God for a moment, heaven controlled that territory, captured that ter- territory. Where Moses was able to see the bush burning, see the fire and the bush didn't burn and all that kind of stuff. So that space was under the influence of the kingdom of heaven for that moment. It was called holy ground. So when we sing that we're standing on holy ground, that's a powerful song. But the ground must be under kingdom influence. So we can't be here it when we're standing on Holy ground and some people are throwing bubblegum and uh, some people are looking outside or, you know, uh, you're online, but, oh, you're just stretching a part of it because you're cooking and washing and all that kind of stuff. Now, when you're standing on Holy ground, that means the ground is on the kingdom influence which is to you and that's the system of heaven and dear, the kingdom influence. The kingdom was designed for man. Sometimes we think, you know, religiously, that just because anointing is on our lives, we are anointed. we don't need anything else. We don't need this capacity building that you're talking about and all of that because the anointing shall break the yoke and make everything possible. Let me tell you something. Saul had anointing on his life and ran from the life. The anointing alone is not going to do the job. The anointing is important. Extraordinarily important. But you can be anointed and run from the devil. So you have to build that capacity to ensure that the anointing works on your behalf. So when you study the word and understand who you are in God, build up your confidence in God, and you pull the word and use it, the anointing goes to work on your behalf. Building capacity is an a, a absolute necessity. We all have to do it to get the results that God intended for our lives this year. 2021, we are going to ensure that the personal capacity and the team capacity is built so that we can capitalize on the opportunities that we can bring to pass the gifts and callings of God on our lives that we're in a better position to reach out to those around us. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegoBay@gmail.com at or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.